Andrew High, Bob Dennison, Greg Edwards. We're waiting on Jack Milbury, who is going to be with us in a second. And um, we'll get started with the conversation. Hopefully, it's useful to you. Um, we have great respect. I, of course, as a business owner um, and the rest of these guys have great respect for people that are making a living on a commission-only basis. And uh, we want to make this PPP thing, SBA thing, make sense for you guys. And uh, hopefully, it will be something that um, you can take advantage of. And Jack is now with us. Hey, Jack, how are you, man? Good morning. All right, so we are going to get started. Um, and again, I apologize, everybody, for uh, the mix-up. I believe this is being recorded uh, so that anybody that was on the old link will be able to tune in later and uh, and hopefully extract some useful information out of this uh, webinar. Again, the topic is uh, latest information about PPP, kind of navigating the waters of the SBA emergency loan thing. I'm going to quickly introduce the panelists. I warned them yesterday that I was not going to be reading off their entire bio, but just kind of uh, uh, share their names and what they do. And uh, I think most of you guys know these uh, cast of characters as it is anyway. Andrew High is here, maritime attorney. Uh, we have Greg Edwards, financial planner, and Jack Milbury is a CPA that actually does a lot of work specific to yacht brokers. Um, so it's really, really great. These guys are on the call. Uh, we spent some time yesterday kind of going over common questions that they've been getting and our own team here at Denison uh, and what are the pitfalls and ways to make this process easier. And uh, as of Monday, I just saw this in the uh, South Florida uh, Business Journal, 52,021 PPP loans worth more than $12 billion were approved for Florida-based companies. Uh, Florida has been the third largest recipient of these uh, loans in the country, only behind Texas and California. So loans uh, are coming in and uh, it's important that we, uh, as an in industry, uh, react quickly to this. So my first question is to Andrew and Greg, and that question is, um, can you guys just tell us the fundamental differences between an SBA emergency loan and the PPP? Greg, we'll start with you. Okay, can you hear me? Can you yes. hear me? Okay. Um, so the economic injury disaster loan is a loan that came out prior to the CARES Act. And so earlier this year, um, people could apply through the SBA um, for this, it's, and it's a loan. So depending on your business and the structure of your business, it does qualify, or sole proprietorships do qualify. Um, you could apply for a loan through the SBA, and let's say you, they, they awarded you a $50,000 loan. You could use 10,000 of that would be a grant, so long as you met the provisions of the uh, the relief available now under the CARES Act, so so that ten thousand dollars of that loan does not have to be paid back. So if you suffered a financial hardship, which quite frankly at this point everybody has, you haven't been able to do a boat show, you haven't been able to you know go show boats, those kinds of things, um, you would qualify for that ten thousand dollar grant. So that's pretty much how that, it, it is a loan, um, but that is applied through the SBA program. And I would imagine, Greg, when you say it's a loan through the SBA, that's a loan that is going to be attached to things like a personal guarantee, correct? Yes. That's my understanding okay. on, so on, on that. So on the EIDL, Bob, the, on the economic injury loans, they're, they're requiring personal guarantees for loans over $200,000. 
under 200,000, they're not going to require that. They also changed, kind of moved the goalposts last week and, and for that $10,000 grant, because they felt like they were going to run out of money, they reduced it to $1,000 per employee up to $10,000 for the EIDL. Um, so okay, yeah. you're not just getting that that 10,000, some people may have gotten it if they applied right away, um, but the, the new ruling is $1,000 per employee up to 10,000 for that grant. They're limiting it automatically. I've already got and like very, Monday people getting it. Can I interrupt you one second, Jack? I think you may have the link on twice. I'm getting some feedback that there is some like echo going on. If you have it on your phone and or a laptop or open twice, it might be Jack. We just need to close one of those, whether it's the phone or the browser, just because it'll be hard for people to uh, hear all the good stuff coming out of your mouth. Yep. Cool. Yep. I hope that that's better. If it's not, let me know, guys. We want to make this uh, really easy to listen to. So, Jack, I interrupted you. What were you going to say there about the personal guarantee? Oh, uh, no, no, I said it. it was okay. And then let's talk a little. So that's the SBA emergency loan. Let's talk now about the PPP and what's the major two or three differences between the two. Sure. So the, the, the big difference is you know, what you can use it for um, and that PPP loan and how, they, how you calculate it. Um, you can get up to $10 million um, in payroll costs but it's two and a half times your average monthly payroll. So when we applied, we used the entire 19 calendar year, you average that out by month, um, you know, and then take take your month cost times two and a half, and that's your number that you're applying for in terms of your PPP loan. If you use that for, you know, payroll and to a lesser extent, mortgage, uh, mortgage interest rent, or uh, benefits, you can get that loan forgiven if that money is spent in the first eight weeks. Okay, that's that's huge. I hope I hope everybody got that. So there's specific things that you can use it for within a certain amount of time, and if you do those things, then that loan is completely forgivable. Jack, can you get a shed things. a little bit of light on that? Yeah, a couple things on your computation of gross payroll, and you divide it by twelve to get your average. You can exceed anybody's payroll being more than a hundred thousand. Okay, so if you have somebody that makes more than a hundred thousand, you got to back that amount out of the total before you compute the average. Also, on the use of the funds, you have to use seventy-five percent of the funds for payroll. The other twenty-five percent can be mortgage, rent, utilities, and medical. If you have a, a group plan, you can also use it for medical if you have group plans. Um, but uh, a lot of people didn't know to limit. Uh, a lot of applications went through and they didn't know you had to limit that 100,000. Say you had just two shareholders, they both made 150. A lot of people applied and the bank won't help you because they don't want that liability. But you should give back the difference is what I've been told. Okay, got it. And Bob, let me add one more thing, if I may. Go ahead, Greg. So the other thing is it covers eight weeks of payroll from February 15th through June 30th. So depending on when you get the loan, if you got the loan the 1st of May, um, it could, would cover your payroll from May 1 through the end of June. So those eight weeks is what would be eligible for the grant come the end of the year. So it's, it's, it's a loan that's gonna accrue through the end of the year that you don't have to pay or cash flow. And if it was used for payroll, at least 75% of it, you're going to be able to, that will be a grant and you won't have to pay that back. 
Okay, that's that's really useful. I think especially for a uh, like a yacht brokerage firm. Can you guys shed a little bit of light on to the guy that is an independent or gal that's an independent yacht, uh, contractor that's a yacht broker has an LLC or an S corp? How does that work um, for them? It's the same. And by the way, the eight weeks starts the day you get funded. So very important. Like especially if you sent your people on unemployment, you got to pull them off because. The eight weeks starts the day you get the money. Very important that you need to react quickly if you do get the money. So you have you need to hire those people back, or don't include them in your computation. Or the other thing I believe is that you could actually hire back, um, or you could just hire different employees depending on what your needs are. It doesn't necessarily need to be that exact person, correct? Yes. And so if you're a yacht broker um, and you have a uh, tax return filed for 2019, which some will, some won't, um, you're going to be looking at your Schedule C, correct? And this is where if you're an independent contractor, you're self-employed, this is where you should really start paying attention because it's not necessarily your gross earnings. It's going to be your net earnings on Schedule C, correct, Jack? Can you speak some light into that? Well, for Schedule C, there's two ways to compute the amount. One is you take one twelfth of your 1099 you receive a year. So if in if in 2019 you received a 1099 for 120,000, you divide it by 12, 10,000 would be that base amount times 2.5. Or you need to do your self-employment actual net income for the prior 12 months, like through February of 2020. Uh, and okay. a lot of people are using 2019 calendar year for that as well. Gotcha. I have a question from Matt Woods. He says, how does a yacht broker who gets a 1099 um, but doesn't have a business account? Is that an issue? That's a true uh, definition of a sole proprietor. That is fine. You do not have to have a business account. And we also have a, another question. Are they treating shareholders as quote unquote employees for purposes of calculating payroll? Yes. Okay, cool. That's another really good question. Thank you, guys. Yeah, go ahead, Greg. Jack said up to $100,000 of compensation. Okay, got it. And all three of you, actually all four of us, have applied for the PPP. Can you guys share your own experiences, what that was like, how long did it take for you to do, and do you know of anybody that's actually been funded yet? We'll, we'll start with you, Jack. Yep, I got funded last Wednesday. I was very fortunate. Uh, I can tell everybody keep the contact information used on your app on the app use your cell because chase bank calls you i got a call 10 o'clock on a saturday night number two keep an eye on your junk mail every day every hour because responding is very important chase bank alone is processing 340,000 applications so um but i got funded uh you get the call back uh and then you'll receive note payable. The actual, you still have to sign this two-year note payable, 1% interest. And uh, when you receive that email, you have to prove who you are. It's like a credit check. I had to answer questions uh, back what cars that I own in 1990. So it's the person, the principal needs to receive that email for the, for, so make sure you use the email for the principal of the business. Uh, once I did the note payable, uh, two days later, got an email, you'll be funded in two to three days. You act I actually got funded that day. So 
it was a quick process, uh, and and banks are supposed to fund everybody by the end of the month, but it's a hurry up and wait right now. And I think there might be a misconception. A few people think this is just like a freebie you ask for and you get it. But if you've been an irresponsible person, you haven't paid your bills on time, you have a credit score of 580, uh, the, the bank is the source of the loan and is going to be the person saying yes or, or the entity saying yes or no, not the government, correct? So if you have a bad history, you have a bad credit score, you're going to be a lot less likely to get approved for this thing, correct? I don't believe so. I don't think there's any criterion other than you had your own business and you had employees on February 15th. So uh, I don't. I just know that small, small loans were getting processed really fast. We got about 40, 50 clients that got funded in the last two days. The bigger loans are taking longer because they are verifying that payroll. The, the SBA is the ultimate decision maker. So we had our call yesterday. We think our loan for one of our two companies is getting approved. Um, but basically they key it up for the SBA. The SBA, what they told me, what our bank told me is that the SBA tries to make the decision within three minutes, meaning they just bang, bang right through your application. And if everything is there and lines up and they can match the, the numbers on your returns with the numbers on your application, it's approved automatically. And she said literally within three minutes. And if it's not, it goes back to the back of the queue. The bank has to rework it and resend it in so that it can get, you know, so it's really important to have all the information together and in, um, you know, first time when you get it right. So what all that right. means is when you submit your application, make sure you have all of your 940 or 941s from last year. If you're a sole prop, make sure you have your Schedule C that you filed. If you haven't filed yet, um, what we've done is included 2018 Schedule C along with the P&L from the uh, sole proprietor. Um, along with any uh, any other like bank records that would show it, uh, or payroll information if you had payroll. Um, that complete package is what you need to have when you go onto the bank's portal and you need to upload the application along with that information. It's very important that you have a complete file when you submit it. And so, I'm a lot of questions. Uh, if your if your 19 returns have not been filed, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Jack. But I think it's it's if you're you, they'll still go back to 18. But if you haven't filed your 18, you're out of luck, right? Uh, well, I don't understand. I don't. I'm not aware of anywhere you can go back to 18. But on on sole proprietors, sole proprietors aren't on payroll generally, right? And and so the easiest thing I'm seeing for sole proprietors is you can take your 2019. 1099 and divide it by 12 because just off the record most of the time off the record i'm saying most people on their schedule c's they take a lot of expenses right and and if you're going to use that net self-employment income on your schedule c your loan might not be so great but a quick answer is print out your 1099s for 2019 divide it by 12 total them and that amount might be more than going the net profit way only a CPA would say off the record on a recorded webinar uh, <laughs> about where you make the application. And the simplest and easy answer there is you, you make the application through your current bank, correct? Yes. You can make it through any bank, but the easiest, the path of least resistance is to go through your, your pre-existing relationship bank. 
And I'm also seeing a lot of questions about can can you apply for both companies if you own multiple companies? The answer is is yes if there's separate payroll. Um, and you know there, there is a disclosure form that you you disclose your interest in both companies and that you're applying for both. But you can you can apply. I think I think all of us or some of us have on, on this yeah. panel. Okay, yeah. and just 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 a quick heads up. We're getting bombarded with some really good questions. I just want to let you guys know that we see them and we're going to get to them as fast as we can. Okay, so if you if you have any, please keep uh, throwing them our way. Um, I've got one from Bill Mellon. He says, if I use a K-1 only for my S-Corp with no 1099 or W-2, does that present a problem? You can't use that method. If you have an S-Corp, you have to be on payroll. You can only use your payroll if you're an S-Corp. And I've got another one uh, from Mike. Uh, he says, my understanding is that as a principal, this is a guy that owns a brokerage firm, I can include my 1099 guys and get PPP money for them as well as employees. I don't think that's correct. Can you guys shed some light on that? That's not correct. You cannot include for the payroll calculation uh, 1099 subcontractors. I just had somebody, actually George Ivey was asking about, do you recommend applying directly with the SBA or at a local bank? Um, I, I know that uh, some people have done both. I think the SBA refers you to your to your bank, correct? I don't so that, right. The PPP loan has to go through your local bank. The EIDL loan can go through the SBA and is approved by the S, um, is approved by the SBA. There's also a question I saw: Can you apply for both? The answer is yes, but you cannot use uh, EIDL funds for payroll if you're applying for that, or else you know you're you, you can't have both. You can have both loans, but you can't use them for the same purpose. Gotcha. It, it's, really, it's really important if you get both, you should segregate the monies in two different accounts. So you can keep record of them in two different uh, accounts as you're using those funds. That would be our recommendation. Um, I've got another question here uh, that says, I am an independent contractor, but my commissions are paid to my LLC. I do my own payroll from my LLC. Which one do I apply for, both? Is that a, a tough answer? I don't know if she's a sole member LLC or did she elect to be an S-Corp? I don't, I'd need to know. That's tough I, to answer. Yeah, I believe the answer to that question, I think they're trying to kind of double dip, but I, you, you can only apply once and it's got to be uh, through, and I, in, in this case, it would be through your LLC. Uh, another person asked, how does an independent contractor get his PPP loan written off? So that's not, it, it's not set in stone yet that the independent contractor PPP loans will be written off um, if you use it in the same way that uh, a typical company would. But the, the expectation, what I've read, is that the expectation is that Congress is going to approve that same uh, write-off to, to sole proprietors and independent contractors. Yeah, I, I saw an article about that, and it's it, it broad consensus is that they will be forgiven. If they're not, there's going to be pitchforks and torches, you know, in the streets. I, I But it's not, it certainly has not been defined yet, but uh, most, most people think that it will be forgiven. Right, and um, it can be partial, Bob, by the way. Right. If you only spend seventy-five percent of the funds, seventy-five percent alone can be forgiven. You get back the rest. Right. And remember too, if whatever isn't forgiven on the PPP loan is paid back at one percent interest over two years. Um, so if you happen to not get forgiven because you didn't use it right or you weren't qualified for forgiveness, you're going to get two years at one 
percent to pay that off. And the EIDL, and just for what it's worth, is is a, if you're a for-profit company, it's three seven five, and it's a thirty-year term on that loan. We've got uh, we are hearing stories of brokers that have actually fired themselves from their company uh, and are applying for unemployment. Can you guys talk about that? in relation to uh, the things that we're talking about regarding PPP and doing that at the same time? You have to remember PPP was designed to keep people on the payroll, not off the payroll. So if you, if you terminated yourself and you're eligible for, I think unemployment in Florida is like 275 bucks a week, plus you get the added $600, I guess you need to run the calculation what would be better for you but you cannot do both. Yeah, be careful. Yeah, I'll be careful there because you wouldn't want to go on employment now because you might get funded any day, right? And the day you get funded, you got to take yourself back off unemployment. So if you think you're going to get the loan, I wouldn't apply for unemployment. Uh, for the PPP, you know, it's a finite amount of money right now. Uh, even if they add to it, to the fund, it's a finite amount of money. So if you wait, if you try to lay yourself off now and apply for the PPP, let's say, May 15th or June 1st, or however you do it, you may not get funded on that PPP because you're going to run out. Um, I've got a few more questions here. Um, I've got somebody asking, is it better to, uh, or easier and quicker to get funded through a community bank or a large bank? Um, and the second part of that question is, uh, can you switch right now and open up a new account with another bank because you heard that they're funding quicker? Greg? I would say, <laughs> uh, yes, you can switch now if you if you found somebody who's more uh, amenable to your situation. Um, our ex I've had the experience with both personally. So I can tell you Wells Fargo, and this is recorded, uh, horrible bank. And I've banked with them for 30 years and I'll, I won't bank with them anymore. Um, they've been terrible. Uh, I heard Bank of America has been pretty good. I've heard JP Morgan Chase has been pretty good. Um, the community banks have been a lot better because most people have a personal relationship. Like, so we have a bank in Fort Lauderdale that we've uh, applied with and, and, and have a relationship with, have had a, a relationship with, um, more so for an escrow account. Um, and they've been much easier to deal with. Can, can you actually, uh, would you be comfortable mentioning who that bank is? Uh, professional Bank on Las Olas. And Andrew, hi, you're an attorney. Um, you may want to talk to Greg later about the consequences of shit talking Wells Fargo in a recorded line in front of a bunch of people, but we'll, we'll get to that later. Um, we had somebody here. So the, so the consensus is big banks are funding. It just, it's a bank to bank issue. And if you do want, again, to go to a community bank because you heard that they're funding quicker, you can actually do that. Uh, but don't, it's not going to guarantee anything, but it is an option there for you. Yes. Okay, got it. Um, what are other ways, and I'll, I'll go to you on, on this one, Greg. We're talking about loans. We're talking about grants. Um, what are some other creative ways that people can do as they're trying to figure out how to make ends meet? Um, you and I talked earlier about um, no penalties and accessing 401ks, things like that. Can you talk to what are some other sources uh, that people can 
draw from in an environment like this? Sure. I would tell you that um, the, well, specifically to retirement plans. So if you're somebody, whether you're a sole proprietor or you're a corporation or you have a, a, a other employees or you have a 401k plan, it could be a 401k, it could be a SEP plan, it could be a simple IRA, um, depending on your structure um, and the number of employees that you have, they basically under the CARES Act have waived the penalty taxes that relate to early distributions from a retirement plan. So I'll give an example, let's say you had $200,000 in a, um, a simple I, or, or a SEP plan. And if you had 200 grand in there and you took a withdrawal and you're under 59 and a half, you're going to be subject to income taxes plus a penalty tax of 10% on the withdrawal amount. Your withdrawal or a loan, if you had a 401k, is limited to 50,000 under old rules. Under the CARES Act, for the balance of this year, you can actually take a loan, I'm sorry, take a withdrawal and you don't have to put it back up to $100,000 or 100% of your account value. So, I mean, now that could hurt your retirement down the road, but but there is access to monies that you've put away in retirement plans if you need it. Now, there are some specific rules relative to your ability uh, 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 to, the, in other words, it's not the same as getting a PPP loan. So this, the rules are basically, you've suffered from the COVID virus. Um, you've been out of work as a result of that. You've had a family member you're having to care for and you're out of work. You, you have to show some type of hardship and there's specific rules and I'll be happy to get them out to people if you want them. Um, a few people are looking at that, but they're not the same as the PPP program or the disaster loan. Um, but there are some ways you can pull money out of a retirement plan today and not have to get hit with that 10% penalty tax. That's on a withdrawal. If you do a loan, you can actually do a $100,000 loan, um, up to a $100,000 loan. And then eventually starting next year, you're gonna have to start paying your, your loan back over five years is the maximum term. Um, but instead of it being 50,000, it's 100,000. So it's a great way to bridge yourself or perhaps expand if you're had an opportunity to grow. Um, in this environment with a loan from your 401k or retirement plan. Yes. That's good. That, that income also can be spread out over three years. So if you pick up the hundred, you don't have to pick up the hundred as income all in 2020. You can spread that income out over three years. Uh, got another question here. The um, things we're talking about, the SBA loan, the PPP, are they only for U.S. companies and or U.S. citizen green card holders? They're only for employees based in the U.S. Okay, so if it's a foreign national, if, if you have somebody here that you're employing that's not a U.S. citizen, it's it still can apply for them, correct? Yep, if they've been on payroll, if they're on payroll as of February 15th, they apply. Um, as a Okay, as a clearinghouse, this is a question from guest 877. Uh, who is anonymous as a clearinghouse, we are able to include the loss of income on canceled charters for 2020. That's a question. Are they, are they able to um, 
include the loss of income for canceled charters uh, as a loss in 2020? Well, if they're a accrual base of taxpayer, they would be able to, but most likely they're cash bases and you cannot write off bad debt when you're cash bases because you never picked up the revenue. So they need to talk to their CPA, their specific case though. Um, question, or it's actually a note from David Ross, uh, who around here is now just known as Emma's father, writes, uh, FYI, Carly's companies and credit cards offer deferral months. Um, Allied Bank offers a four-month deferral just for asking. So uh, as Greg was talking about accessing 401ks and things like that, you may want to, before you pull money out to pay for something like mortgage or a lease, you may just want to pick up the phone to your mortgage company and say, hey, I'm going through this. What are your options? And you may uh, be surprised that some companies are actually saying, don't worry about it for a few months. We're just going to tag it on to the end, correct? Absolutely. I would call your, your credit card company as well as your, your vehicle lender. If you've got a car payment, the stories I've heard there are two to three months uh, uh, forbearance on it. And, uh, and then you, they'll tack it on the back end of the loan. Which is the, the cool thing about that too is uh, it's reported that it's not going to actually affect your credit score as, as well during this little short window of time, right? That's my understanding. But just be careful of the terms. You know, some some banks, um, mortgage holders are, are allowing you forbearance for three months. But just make sure you've got some clarity on it and don't just assume it's getting tacked onto the end because some banks, we're being told, are tacking them onto the end of the three month term. So you don't want to get a bill for three months worth of your mortgage in you know August, um, you know, and you didn't see it coming because that's the that's the terms you signed up for. So just be aware of it. Uh, other things, you know, interest does accrue while you know in in most cases while the forbearance is in place. But you know, look at your credit cards, look at your school loans, uh, mortgage, rent. You can get you know depending on what your landlord or your your lease says, car loans, uh, any any monthly fixed debt obligation right now even auto insurance they're they're rebating uh auto insurance, you know for part of your yearly premium yeah and it's i i think the the big takeaway there is to pick up the phone and to talk to somebody at your mortgage company your leasing company for your car don't just not pay them um call them up and see what the options are and if you're not going to make a payment let them know um i i wouldn't just feel like you're now entitled just to stop paying things because of this, it'd be ir irresponsible to do. It's really important to communicate with somebody, correct? Right. Right. Um, question is, what if your brokerage is new and did not have much revenue through 2019, but does through 2020 so far, how would you document that for PPP? Well, if they're, if they're a new business in 2019, it's a different formula. You take the average of January and February of 2020. So I'm not sure exactly if they were on payroll or not, but uh, that's a sole proprietor. But uh, there is uh, a different calculation if you weren't in business for the whole year of 2019. Okay, cool. I, I didn't know that. That's uh, that's really, really good insight. Um, I've got one more question here. Actually, there's a lot of questions. A lot of them are a little bit um, redundant, so I'm going to try to skip those. Um, I'm going to go to a question here. It says, at the end of the year, so the end of 2020, I'm uh, looking for to show funds used only for payroll allowed uses. I would imagine they're going to be looking for those same forms, right? The quarterly employment forms, is that correct? 
yep. pay your tax filings, your payroll taxes. Right. So there's, it's not like you need to create, I mean, you, you should just document the stuff anyway. If you hire somebody, I would just document the fact that you hired somebody on May 8th or whatever that day is. But all, all of that stuff's going to be reflected in those quarterly employment forms, I believe. And if you have a uh, payroll company, um, I would just say, because we had a phone call yesterday with our payroll company, they have a new software program specifically engineered to produce reports for these PPP loans and EIDL loans. So they just sent us a complete report that has in one attachment every piece of paper that uh, a bank or the SBA should need to you know, approve a loan. And then that's what got supplemented to our application yesterday and pushed it through. Got it. Um, Sol Perez asks, when you say that 1099s cannot be included in the payroll for PPP, uh, does it mean, though, that they can be included and they can be paid in the other 25%? Oh, you mean for, an, for, not, for a non-sole proprietor? No. It cannot be included as use of funds. It has to be payroll. Well, but truthfully, you could use it, but you just couldn't get it forgiven is what it would be. Well, that's, I think, that's yeah. the whole point, though. We're only talking but, about but You could use it, but you couldn't, you couldn't get – you'd have to be paying it out at the 1% over two years. Right, because right, exactly. So some some clients are they have a loan that's a, or they have credit card debt at twenty percent. Some of my clients are they're weighing out, right. not forcing to use all the funds, because you're getting a loan for two and a half times your payroll, but you have to pay it in two. So you're gonna have to spend funds on something else to get forgiveness, rent, mortgage, uh, utilities. But you also to look at wait a second, this is a one percent loan for two years. I'm going to pay down the equipment loan I'm paying 18% on. So there are some business decisions to be made for that with that excess. But if you're looking to pay down fixed debt, you know, the, even though it's lower interest on the PPP, the EIDL loan is a better vehicle because you've got a low interest rate and it's a 30-year term. So spacing out, no bank is going to offer you anywhere near the rate or the term that, that the SBA is offering. So you, let's say, like Jack said, if you have, you know, an equipment loan or, or $30,000 in credit card debt, uh, fixed debt of any kind, you would, the EIDL would be a much better vehicle to do that than the waste of PPP money. Correct. I, uh, the, that, that EIDL loan, it's a normal loan process. SBA usually takes four to six weeks. There's 30 million small businesses in this country. You better plan on being a long time before you get that loan, yeah. just planning-wise. PPP should be funded by the end of the month. But EIDL loans could be years. And Steve, Steve Alario just asked a question. And it kind of goes along with that. He says, can I still get the 10,000 grand in loan? And the answer to that question is yes. Uh, but please, for the sake of just getting across the goal line with this stuff, do it as fast as you can because there's a lot of people coming in behind you. And it's important that you're ahead of them in the queue. Well, remember that ten thousand grant on the EIDL is now limited, capped to a thousand per employee. So, right, you're just a, a single. You're you're only going to get a thousand out of that ten thousand dollars grant. Right, that's true. Fired. That 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 came open uh, two weeks ago. Uh, it was uh, a ten billion. So it's a million businesses. It came out on a Monday. You could apply by Wednesday. It was already at one point five million. So only the first million. And it's, uh, people started getting funded Monday, by the way, in the 10,000. We hadn't seen anything. Uh, uh, in Florida, we also have some another loan available, 50,000. Both of those started seeing clients get the money this week. 
I uh, got a question from somebody that uh, this is applying with 2020 numbers, but they're around in 2019. So it wasn't a new business in 2020. It's if the S Corp is new for 2020 and there was no payroll taxes for 2019, does that disqualify that new business? The answer to that question is no, correct? It does not disqualify them. It does not. Um, Jose says uh, he just got an email from his bank stating that as of last night at midnight, they have stopped taking applications due to the SBA running out of money. Is that accurate? I believe that would be bank to bank, correct? Yes. Correct. Bank to bank. Each bank was given a certain amount of money. Once they use it up, they're done. Right. So if a bank says the SBA ran out of money, it means that that bank specifically uh, has tapped what they were allowed by the SBA, correct? And technically, yeah. remember, you can go to any bank. You don't. It's helpful to have the relationship, but you can go to any bank and make this application. Um, and and remember that you can apply for a PPP at more than one bank. So the fact that you applied at one bank and they said that the, the faucet's shut off doesn't mean you can't go down to another one. All you're prohibited from doing is accepting the funds from more than one loan, from more than one PPP. You can't do that. Yeah, and I wouldn't be discouraged. Thank you for bringing that up. We talked about it a little bit about the community banks. There are absolutely some banks right now that are using this as a way to seduce you into coming on board with them. And the hope is that they're going to build a relationship with you by giving you access to this and you'll stick with them. So don't just assume because you got rejected by Wells Fargo or Chase or whoever that you can't go somewhere else. I would actually encourage you to do that very, very quickly. Uh, Greg actually mentioned one here locally in Fort Lauderdale, and I'm sure that there's a lot others in the local cities and counties that you're in, right? Absolutely. Yes. Um, Greg asks, I've elected S Corp. Does that mean that I have to go on my payroll only and not going off of 1099? First requirement of an S Corp is you have to be on payroll. When you talk to your CPA because you want to balance payroll and distributions to optimize your tax saving. Okay. Um, I have a question that says, have you heard of an app called Do Not Pay? They are supposed to be able to file for government help easily. I've not heard of that. Have, have any of you guys heard of that app? No. Okay. Um, I think that question was asked by the founder of an app called Do Not Pay. Um, it says here, uh, just FYI, most of the banks are only accepting PPP applications from existing business clients. That is correct, but there are examples of people uh, or banks that are, uh, are an exception to this rule. Um, I had another question, by the way, Greg, can, can you repeat that name of that uh, bank that, that you heard might be friendly and open to new business with uh, regards to PPP loans? Uh, professional bank. Cool. Uh, here in Fort Lauderdale. And again, I've been reminded by uh, our executive director of EBA that all of this stuff is, you know, talk to your CPA. Please don't get yourself in trouble and then blame Bob. Bob Dennison one day, that would be, uh, I promise the IRS doesn't care about me. Um, and just as an FYI, if there is a yacht broker here, an independent contractor um, that is um, in need of a CPA, I know that there's a bunch of them out there. I'm not just saying this. Jack is one of those guys that's very familiar with the challenges of our in industry and the nuances. Um, and I will make his contact information uh, available later. Um, another question is, can we discuss an S-Corp firing the broker and the broker going on unemployment. You can do that. Yeah, but I, that's that's what we just talked about earlier, right? You're going to be very limited in what you can receive as earnings for unemployment. Is it really worth it? Uh, it depends what they were making before. Yeah. Um, 
I can, there's a lot of lot of uh, folks in in various businesses, types of businesses, where in in many cases because of the um, six hundred dollars the federal government's giving you, um, uh, which is a lot more than typical unemployment benefits. You get the state unemployment plus the federal money, and it could be more than they were making before. There, that was a flaw in this whole thing. But in order for them to, you know, get the bill passed and get it done, um, that's uh, what it did. So some people, you just have to do the math. Greg, I think that phone call was uh, a few attorneys from Wells Fargo trying to get a hold of you. I have a question here from Hank saying, so an LLC can take. 10, or their 2019 1099 divided by 12. That's not correct. It's it's really going to be going off of Schedule C, right? No, for the calculation for the loan, you can take your 2019 1099 divided by 12 and use that number. There's two methods. You multiply you multiply it by two and a half. Well, once you get the average, then times right. two and a half. Okay. Uh, Gary Goldman asks, I am an S Corp. Do I apply for PPP or EIDL loan? It can be both, right? You could apply for both, right? Okay. Um, Ted Hood asks, if shareholders with K1 income are included with PPP um, application, they have projected little income in 2020. Can that part of the loan be forgiven? Not sure what the question is. Yeah, as I was reading it, I didn't understand. If let me read that again. If shareholders with K-1 income are included with PPP um, and they have projected little, they, so they've earned a very little income in 2020, can that part of the loan be forgiven? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what that, if you could reword that, Ted. So are you saying income that came from the K-1 would be included in your, I don't see how it would get to your Schedule C. Correct. Well, yeah, it sounds like they're a company, and, and remember, you can only use the funds for payroll. Payroll, yeah, it has to be payroll. Utilities. So whether you make the money or not. It, it can't be used for shareholder dividends or anything like that. No. Um, okay, cool. So I think we've covered just about um, everything here. There's a ton, a flurry of questions. I believe a lot of these, though, are redundant from people that may have joined late, which, again, I apologize uh, for the uh, tech glitch there in the beginning. Uh, this was recorded uh, and will be sent out for anybody that wants to watch the uh, thing in its entirety. I um, uh, just want to let you know this is an EBA webinar. And for those of you guys that aren't familiar with EBA, we, we made this open to non-members as well. I'd be remiss in just thanking uh, EBA and its very uh, handsome executive director, Paul Flannery, and the staff there. I would encourage you guys to join EBA. It's a great association that pools resources and affects change. Um, and uh, and being a member is is really a no-brainer if you're in this industry and you make a living uh, doing these types of things. Um, Andrew, Greg, Jack, I really appreciate it. One day you guys are going to die. Your grandchildren are going to gather around. You're going to recount the important things you did in life. This is probably going to be one of those things. So, uh, Thank you guys again. It really matters, and uh, and I appreciate you guys taking the time. Thank you guys very very much for tuning in, and I hope that it was helpful. Uh, I am now going to end the seminar, and uh, if you have any follow up questions, let me or Paul or Emma or Shay uh, know, and we will get those answered to you. Greg also has a few documents um, and application samples that we're going to forward out to you. 
And I'll also include uh, these guys' contact info if you want to uh, ask them some hard questions offline. Thank you guys so much. See you later.